Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to episode 49 of Double Hot Beat, where we're taking the pulse of the beer and brewing scene. I'm James, home brewer and beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer intermediate. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode. We just wanted to start off the episode just to thank everyone who tuned in to our brew off with Fenrir Brewing that we hosted two weeks ago. We were in our basement, our new brewing space. We had a great time um, on the Instagram live with them and it was just a lot of fun. We had some some challenges that uh, James and I did not fare very well at. We lost. I think we're usually the ones like <laughs> pulling tricks on you know, our guests and this time the roles kind of got reversed and yeah. they had some twists for us that I think we just weren't ready for. No, I think we should prepare better next time. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and thanks to you guys uh, who tuned in to watch that. You can still watch the full length videos on our Instagram page at Double Hot Beat Podcast. Uh, but we'll also be releasing the shorter versions if you want to just watch the brew day activities or if you just want to see what the challenges were. Uh, we'll have those shorter clips so you don't have to go through all of our hilarity because mm-hmm. we did have those moments. Yeah, it was a good time. We've done Instagram Live before, but never that long. So it's good to see people popping in and commenting and just joining in and our fun for a Saturday. And so we, as we've talked about, we brewed the same recipe uh, here and then uh, Fenrir brewed it up in Alaska. So there was a time difference. So they are on the video chat was it 530 in the morning? So yeah. that was a little bit early for them. But one thing that we did do after the fact, so we brewed the beer that day, but then we actually brewed it again on our system using a different, using our well water. So the first time we actually developed the water profile to kind of mimic what Fenrir was using, and then we brewed it again with our well water. So we're going to be talking about all of that, just a little teaser for one of our upcoming episodes with Caitlin and Gareth. So yeah, and don't, that. yeah and don't worry. Um, we did get a lot of response asking for what the recipe is. So you could go ahead and brew it yourself at home if you'd like and see how yours comes out. Um, we will be posting the recipe for both um, the larger 10 gallon size batch as well as our five gallon batch. Mm-hmm. And I think especially after we compare the, the three different beers, because we'll have two batches of ours um, where we tweaked tweaked it a little bit on the one of them mm-hmm. um we'll be able to see kind of what the differences are and the similarities and kind of what we would do differently or um what we could improve mm-hmm. the flavor of the beer or what you know all that kind of good stuff so uh hold tight for those recipes if you really are looking for something to brew and you need it now just direct message <laughs> us um and maybe we can g- make that happen for you if you're uh, a veruca was it Veruca? What's her last name? Veruca. What are you talking like? Willy Wonka. She's like, I want it now, and then yeah, she falls down the egg chute. Yeah, you don't want to end up like her. You don't want to end end up if down the Veruca egg chute. And you need the recipe now. Just let us know. Yeah. Okay. Or you'll blow up like a blueberry. No, that's a different character. Too. I know. I know. God, you're Violet. Supposed to be the Willy I know. Gosh, <laughs> I am. Don't worry. But yeah, so uh, blonde ale, and uh, we're super stoked about it, and it's actually the first blonde that we've I, I think we mentioned it before that we've ever brewed so that's going to be pretty cool to see how that turns out and I think we have a twist as well for those folks up in Alaska watch out watch out in the final product of a beer so tune in for that episode it's going to be great we're going to talk about the brew day and all that fun stuff yeah and what went into it. I'm very excited 
So this week's episode is going to be kind of a mixed bag of things. Uh, before we get into it, James. A mixed bag or a mixed pack? You know, like oh, we are a beer oh, okay, podcast. Okay. So, you know, like you get okay. your mixed pack, you get your sours, you get your stouts, you get your IPAs. I like that. James is getting creative. Hell yeah. I should put you in charge of that more often. <laughs> put Get put in charge of anything. <laughs> yeah. I will delegate to you next time. Yeah. So, okay. I guess this is a mixed pack. That's a good, I like that, James. Good Double hot beat mix pack. Let's yes, go. Yes, exactly. Uh, before we get into it, James, do you have any updates on your brewery or anything new that you've got going on? So still in the process. So when you guys, if you've ch- watched that video of us brewing, you'll notice I don't have my new brewing system yet. I'm still waiting on that. Um, so I'm still using the 120, 110-volt grandfather system that I've used pretty much since I transitioned from the extract, I don't know why I just said that so weird. Transitioned, anyways, from the extract version on the stovetop. So I was using that. So again, like you'll notice in those videos, it took a little bit of time to get our temperatures up. So that's the one kind of negative with that system. So again, as we mentioned in the video, if you got the capability mm-hmm. of doing a two twenty vault option for you know your electric all grain system highly recommend it to get that water temp up quickly as a side note um yeah so all the grains i've organized we had a label maker so we were able to nicely label all my ingredients so we could easily um, find them and keep them in good storage conditions so they wouldn't get wet or they wouldn't um you know be exposed airtight yeah exactly uh Again, if you're looking for recommendations, DM us. Uh, we're happy to share what we found, some tips and tricks. Uh, yeah, so it's been going pretty well. I think I have five or six, no, I have six beers now going. Yeah. I have more beers right now than I can actually serve, but technically I'm going to probably transfer one to one of the bright tanks so that I can just serve from that directly. Mm-hmm. My kegerator now has two kegerators. So that's waiting for the bar to show up as well. Um, had a local um, guy who makes bars make me a custom bar. So mm-hmm. stoked about that. Uh, got some custom tap handles made by also a fellow local Massachusetts yes. um, individual. So Which we'll be talking about on another episode. Yes, another teaser. Wow. Oh. This episode's just like, everyone's like, all right, we can it's skip this episode. Let's just, this is just a teaser episode. Okay, sure. Um, I forgot what I was going to tell you. Because you were just so teased that it was just like. Yeah, I think <sighs> it's just the parenting brain coming into it. It's just your effect. mango cart brain. <laughs> the two sips I've had of Now that you cart. can have a, a beer again. Yes, yeah, so well, I also have to time them very strategically. So um, this is my. For those mothers out there, yeah. you got to strategically plan your day around when you get your mango cart. Yes. Um, I really can't remember what I was going to tell you, so maybe we'll come back to it. <laughs> oh, I remember now. See, I just had to remind myself. I think you have more beers right now that you've brewed. This like, month than, than last you, in year. Like the, no, the past like two years. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we were dead on when we talked in some of our early episodes like episode one through five and we're wow we're almost at 50 Mm -hmm. just how crazy the ride of homebrewing is and just 
how little differences can make you or break you when you're brewing, whether it's you have to take out all your equipment and then restore it in like your cardboard boxes and everything, mm-hmm. bring it down to a basement or closet. It's just so much easier just having everything ready to go and just you put in your water, throw in your ingredients and mm-hmm. go, you know, before I'd have to wait, you know, for either the kitchen to be available, <laughs> which I know you were annoyed about kitchen takeovers. It's just a small kitchen. So, and especially being able to mill the grains, I mean, that made a big difference. So I don't have to get them, cr- you know, crushed and mm-hmm. I can just do my ingredients when I need them and not have to panic and be like, all right, it's day three. I gotta, I really gotta get these ingredients going. So yeah. Well, it's been fun to watch you do it or listen to you do it. Listen and watch. Yes. We're upstairs. I mean, come on guys, DM us, get Shannon more involved. That's she's, you know, she's trying to brew. So I came down and helped you. I, I do happen to notice that that automated machine that, you know, is, is so many perks about is just sitting down in my home brewery, not being used. Meanwhile, you know, the more manual of the systems is being used all the time. That's because you're using the manual system and I'm holding the three month old. So. <laughs> all right. Touche. Well, all right. I'll, t- I'll we'll, we'll take once turns. she's old enough to brew. Maybe that could be her little brew setup. All right, listeners, stay tuned. If we're still on the air in, in, 21, in years. 21 years, then um, then then you'll find out if Shannon actually got to use her automated system. Yes. Yeah. So one of the other things that I've been working on for our, as many of you know, I have the SS Brewtech grain mill and the grain mill cart that goes with it. Just I found now that I've had a couple sessions of crushing my greens which it's working awesome the only negative is it shoots like dust and grains everywhere at the bottom and that's not specific to the ss brewtech model um many other ones that i've seen do the same thing so i'm trying to create a barrier so that it all just gets in the bucket and doesn't get all over uh, the basement floor Mm -hmm. so i've come up with some solutions um so far none of them have worked One was to essentially use plastic, and it was just clear plastic, and tape it going along the sides and back. So it would basically make a skirt going above the brew bucket, um, which worked okay, but still a lot of the dust Mm -hmm. then came off the bottom of the cart afterwards. Uh, So I wanted a better solution. Went to plexiglass, and that kind of seemed to make more static. So a lot of the grains were getting stuck onto the sides mm-hmm. and clinging to it. So it didn't really create what I was looking for. And what I'm going to do next is I'm going to try using some PVC pipe and attach it to my bucket lid and then slide that under with the bucket so that hopefully it would mm-hmm. cover just the opening where the grains would come out. And So it kind of creates just like a funnel yeah. for everything to go in and says, instead of just an open space. So instead of just taking it from the hole underneath of the cart, I'm going to try and just isolate the opening where the grains would come through at the bottom. Gotcha. And even direct it into the bucket itself. Okay. So we'll see how that goes. Um, An easier solution, I'm told, is to get the, you know, the casters, the wheels that go underneath it. And that would raise it up approximately four inches. And then you could stick a seven-gallon bucket underneath instead of the five-gallon bucket. And I'm told that might work, where then the bucket would just go up to the top. 
So instead of just getting instead casters, of spending a hundred dollars on the casters because they're specific to the brew cart, I'm going to supervise you using a saw while you cut PVC pipe. Everyone wants to see that. <laughs> Maybe that'll be our next Instagram live video. Yeah, a shorter Instagram James live video on the way to the hospital after using a saw. And then, and then me laying down my credit card to just spend $100 on wheels. And then Shannon will be like happily obliged to get spend we will $100 on wheels. see how that goes. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing you have so many beers because I've been telling all the neighbors about your home brewery. So they're all excited to try this beer. Oh, my God. This is so, like, terrifying. Up. This is, like, terrifying. Like, Shannon literally hyped up to every single one of our neighbors in our neighborhood how I've brewed so much beer and how great it is. And now it's going to be like the pressure is on. Like I can't serve like just being a brew tender. I can't serve beer. That's not good. No, but so, you never think your beer is good. So that's going to be an issue. They're just gonna have to drink it. Oh boy. So, well, I guess it would solve t- two issues. Maybe, you know, you either, it's either great beer and our neighbors just love us or it's terrible beer. And we just, don't ever see our neighbors ever, and you don't have to talk to your neighbors. So is that a win-win? I don't know. I don't I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. No. Okay. Well, we'll see how that turns out. So, James, I wanted, I was just browsing the web. You know how you do in the 90s. You know how you do? In the 90s, just on my dial-up internet. And the Brewer Association actually released the preliminary production report from 2020. And we have been talking a lot over the past year since this pandemic started about how COVID was going to affect the craft beer industry. So the preliminary numbers are out and I just thought I would share them with our listeners and with you. Some of them are kind of surprising. Is this where we dim the lights and get the uh, music going? (laughs) Not who wants to be a millionaire. Okay. So beer production decreased by 9% in 2020. Which I think we've talked about a little bit in terms of a lot of the breweries that had to scale back production because of a reduced people coming in. They couldn't be open to the public as much. Um, They had to do a lot of to go at the very beginning of the pandemic. So a lot of the places, at least near us, were kind of cutting down how many beers they were offering, only doing like their flagship or three or four. And then also there was the can shortage. Yeah, I think those are two big factors. And I think also the main factor is just the amount of barrels that they were producing was not as much because of the fact that they weren't supplying the restaurants and bars, um, which would be barrels and barrels of beer that they'd be supplying. So either, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. at the beginning, all that beer went to waste, but luckily they were able to use some of it for hand sanitizers and other Mm -hmm. You know, other things to help things to help. But unfortunately, a lot of beer was dumped as well. Yes. But I mean, that's the least of the concern in a pandemic. But Mm -hmm. for a small business, I mean, that could make or break you. Yes. Uh, So definitely like the restaurants being closed and the regulations. Definitely. uh, I I could see that playing into the why production decreased as well as not being able to have all your staff um, Mm -hmm. in the brewery. So, you know. I think a lot of head brewers and pretty much like the owners or founders were just in there themselves brewing mm-hmm. and 
really trying to minimize the amount of people yeah. around the product. The capacity to produce was decreased. So. so I think that was kind of something that we, that's not surprising to me at least that that number would have gone down. But I do believe it's the first time in a long time that that number has decreased just because the industry has been growing so much. And usually that number just keeps going up every single year. But fortunately this past year it did go down. One thing that uh, is not surprising in one aspect, but also kind of surprising in another is that 343 craft brewery closed in 2020, but this was on par with 2019 closing. So it's similar to pre-pandemic numbers, which experts are saying can kind of show that those craft breweries that are still open can survive going forward, that they're, they might be out of the woods. Uh, obviously they can't speak for every craft brewery because they don't know what their economic situation is, but they think that, you know, if, if you've made it through this far, there's a high probability you're going to you're going to keep making it into next year. So, yeah, I think uh, a lot of people stuck in their houses, uh, the importance of alcohol seemed to be uh, prevalent during during this these times. <laughs> I think it was either you like were just on the road. You're like, I'm going to quit alcohol together. This is my time. Or you were like, I need I, I on Drizzly every other second and need to get my alcohol. Or you're delivered. like, hey, let me like try and make this at home. And yeah became a home brewer exactly. so yeah. you're one of those people who picked up home brewing uh this mm -hmm. year direct message us let us know what your experience has been like yeah and then 716 new craft breweries opened which was a lot i feel like in a pandemic setting yeah i think as well like one of the great things to kind of come out of this silver lining in the craft beer world is that the communities really supported those who already had plans to kind of open their craft breweries. And instead of just stopping their dream of opening a craft brewery, they were dedicated enough and had a passion for it. And those around them really took hold and supported them both financially as well as getting the word out there. I think social media, one of the number one things I would take away from this whole pandemic with the craft beer industry is how important social media is and those marketing agents and mm. um, getting in the word of mouth, just getting the word out there on your brand and your products. I mean, the amount you'd think that, you know, you'd cut costs on the social media side because, you know, they're not actually making your product. Mm -hmm. But in a way, you know, your social media is if people aren't able to go to your brewery anymore or they're not able to go to their local liquor store, the only way they know about your brand is on social media when they're at home. I mean, mm -hmm. it's accessible to everybody. So I think that's wonderful that a lot of these small craft breweries that don't have the money for TV ad space are mm -hmm. able to use social media and, you know, you guys supporting your local breweries and drinking local to really make it happen. Yeah. I know people hate on social media a lot, but that is one of the benefits is that it is, for the most part, free. You can pay for ads um, and have Facebook use their algorithm to increase your exposure to audiences. But for the 95%, it is free, which is great for those who don't have a big marketing budget. So yeah, I kudos think, to social media for that aspect. Yeah, I think you really <laughs> know which ones, you know, pay robots and stuff to get, get their name out there and other mm -hmm. ones who are legit people and just down to earth. Yep. Yeah. And then lastly, a statistic is there are actually more craft breweries 
slash brew pubs tap rooms operating in 2020 than there were in 2019. So in 2019, there are 8,391. And last year, there are 8,764. And out of those, there was 3,000, a little over, or almost 3,500 tap rooms, a little over 3,000 brew pubs, about 1,800 microbreweries, and 220 regional. All those numbers just make me want to drink. It's just too much, too much <laughs> math, go, too much math going on right now. This is just, I mean, there's statistics, but you know what? Yeah. I mean, I just think it's, I, it still blows my mind just thinking back, you know, 10 years ago, how many. We've talked about it before in, in other episodes, but how many taprooms and breweries seem to be out there, and now there's, you know, over eight thousand going. So that's just that's insane. Uh, so the full analysis of the industry report will be published in May or June. So get the full numbers and see what the whole impact of the pandemic was on the industry then. But I just thought I would share that because we've been talking about it for a while and kind of speculating ourselves. So it's nice to get some numbers finally. Riveting stuff. Riveting from the business. Riveting. Business major yes. degree. I could have got a lot more in depth into that, and I kept it high level. Got to use those buzzwords. High level. Anywho, James, do you like to play video games? Sometimes, yes. Do you like simulation games? I don't know. If they're scary, then no. This is not scary, so maybe it's for you. And this is not an ad. So I, I was going to say, this, sound, this sounds like an ad. I'm like, I don't know why don't you're know doing why like an ad like voice. This. Well, I just want to tell you about Brewmaster, James. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here comes the ad pitch, guys, but it's no, not an ad. We swear to God, we're really not, not we're not paid by anybody. No. so Unless I, they want to pay us and then, go, sure, No, us. as I was on my surfboard on the web, like I said. <laughs> on your surfboard. <laughs> I came across this new game that's coming out in 2022. And as a fan of The Sims when I was younger, and also right now, if I had The Sims, I would totally play it all day long. That and Roller Coaster Tycoon. Um, there is going to be a beer simulation game coming out. So this would be perfect for our friend Jeremy, who who's a yeah. big gamer and, and actually that- brewed beer with me, uh, my second IPA. I had him help me with it, and we actually tweaked the recipe without him even knowing it. And then I'm like, hey, look, we just made a unique recipe. And he's like... But I mean, like we didn't decide to do it. I'm like, yeah, when you're in the brew day and you don't do what you're supposed to do, you're changing the recipe. Yeah. So this beer simulation game is called Brewmaster and it will take players through everything from creating recipes to bottling beer and creating labels. So basically it's brewing beer on the computer and you can learn how to become a home brewer using this game. So it talks to you about the hops and the mall and the different grain bills and kind of the science into how you actually go about brewing the beer. And when you're done, you can enter virtual competitions, James. Oh my gosh. That All right. That'd be a sad state of affairs if like you I don't enter the virtual if, or if you lose a virtual competition where they, no one's tasting your beer. Yeah. I just, I mean, I think it's just very interesting. I guess if you... I know if you're a homebrewer already, is it worth it to play this game? I guess maybe you could like test out some things you've been thinking about doing, but then how do you taste it to see if it actually worked well? Um, I don't know. I have a lot of. Uh... I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that someone actually came up with this idea and is releasing it on big name uh, equipment. Not equipment. System. Gaming name, systems. Yeah, on big name gaming systems like Xbox, PlayStation 5, PS5. 
Nintendo Switch. Like, I, it's just crazy to me that this is coming out for major systems. So what are your thoughts? I mean, I looked at the video that roughly showed, like, kind of what the game's about. And, I mean, like, I get it. Like, it's a cool idea in theory. But, again, you're not actually brewing any beer. Like, I think it's good if you're trying to learn a little bit about how beer is made without actually doing any of that. Um, it seemed very, uh, I'm trying to compare the game to what it kind of looked like that first person, like you walk over to something and you pick up this, you yeah, do that. Yeah, you can like, design like a home brewery and you, it's how a first person POV. So yeah. you don't have, I don't, as far as I can tell, there's no like avatar that you no. can see walking around. It looks like you're in a brewery and you're the person walking. You only see it's like a home. You like see. design your home brewery and yeah. it's like that, but it's very like toned down as far as like gra- the graphics weren't, didn't look that good in my opinion okay I'm, but, I'm, i did not make this game so i don't I mean have it was any also on only it. like the trailer for it or whatever yeah. you have so if you want to look it up brewmaster i think decide by- for yourself but it was c- kind of cool to show the index for certain style beers mm-hmm. so it said like english ale or belgian ale and it had like what we see in our brewing apps of like um, Brewfather or Beersmith or the Grainfather app where you kind of have that index where if you're looking for a certain color or you're looking for basically that style where everything has to fall. Uh, so that was kind of cool to see that they actually incorporated that or something similar to it. Again, it was only a short clip of what it was, so I couldn't deep dive into it. But yeah. I mean, it could be interesting. I'll probably maybe check it out. Well, or it depends see. how much it costs. Well, know. yeah, if it's sixty dollars like US, no. I'm not gonna bother. Yeah, I think it'll probably be more of one of those app, like you know, yeah, you like can download you it to your system. Download it for like a dollar or three three dollars, or it's included if you get your Xbox Live, you know, per- Game Pass. It's an Xbox Live prescription. Like prescription. <laughs> it is a prescription. Okay, gaming is serious, Shannon. My question is, is it time accurate? Like, am I going to have to start? That would suck. And then have to come back. <laughs> six hours. Wait I gotta six hours for your to come back two hours later and add the hops, you know? Or is it going to be like, I can spend 15 minutes brewing a beer and then it's done? It probably you know? is zero time. It's probably just like or is putting it your realistic? recipe. Like I'm saying, like, do they make it realistic where, okay, this is how, if you were actually brewing a beer, this is how long it would take you to do. No, definitely not. You're not going to, they would, no one's going to sit there playing a game for six hours where nothing's happens. Because if I had, if that was the case, I definitely would not play this because I was a beta tester for Pottermore. Pottermore? Oh, here, here comes the Harry Potter guys. Humble brag. I was a beta tester and they had this section you can do potions and it was literally like you had to start it and then come back six hours later to you know chop up the gertie root and put it in like i don't have time for that and i would forget and then i'd come back and they'd be like oh you failed because you didn't come back and add it to your potion so i would not be good at this game if that was the case they should totally have like the home brewing fails of like oh you left the clamp undone oh shit there goes your beer yeah or like you have to make sure you sanitize the the equipment. Yeah, like oh no, it's like an Oregon Trail, but for beer. Oh no, your beer some got wild, dysentery. So some wild yeast has gotten into your fermenter. Your IPA is now ruined, and your whole party is dead. I mean, I think what it could be like what I would want to see in a simulation for a beer game is like where you can it's like virtual reality, right? So you can scan your own home brewery, and it goes into the game, and you can test out your recipes 
that way and it can tell you based on what ingredients you choose kind of what flavors you would get out of certain ingredients and stuff of that nature i'm sure you could just choose whatever ingredients you have in your home brewery in the game I don't know. You don't have to scan it. That's probably all of the great. I'm not. No, I'm not saying scan your own ingredients. <laughs> I'm saying like where you you could literally probably design do a 360. It to look like uh, your thing. I don't think so. It didn't look that oh that crazy. Okay. Well, I don't know. I feel like we've talked about this way too long. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if a lot of gamers are listening to this, everyone else is just like, this episode sucks. <laughs> so the one. Well, I would say the one downside, but. It, I guess we've had more than one downside, but a downside is you don't actually get to drink the beer for real. I mean, all this talk just makes you want to drink a beer. So cheers, drink a beer. Uh, way too much speculation on this game before it even comes out, but who knows? We'll see. I just thought it was an interesting concept. Are you going to be a beer master, Shannon? Mm, it's called Brewmaster, so no. Beer master be would have been master. better. Maybe someone already copyrighted. Probably. That name. Okay. And we're also going to introduce a new segment this week where we're going to kind of highlight some brewing equipment. So we'll highlight a different piece of brewing equipment and talk about why you should use it or why it's important or what does it do. What does it do? Yeah. So this week we're going to talk about refractometers. Woo! And everyone listening to this for the craft beer is just like, oh, what is a refractometer? I had the same question because you had, I came downstairs during our brew off and you were like, look into this telescope. And I was like, why do you have a tiny telescope in our basement? You're like, you look like a pirate yeah, right I now. Literally, you look like sailor. a spyglass looking at something. What you going to do with the drunken sailor? What you going to do? I don't know why you keep singing that song recently. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have no idea. Anyways, uh, so refractometers are an optical instrument that uses the refraction of light to measure the sucrose in your wort. What's sucrose? Sugar. Yeah. So for those who might need a refresher on your science lesson, refraction is how the light passes through liquid. So if you are looking at a glass of water and you put a straight object inside like a pencil or a knife um, and then... You look at it head on, you can see the pencil above the water, and then the pencil below the water is off to the side. They don't match up. And that is because of the refraction on the water. And if, fun fact, James, the higher the sugar content in the water, the greater the refraction will be. But this isn't water we're dealing with, Shannon. This is wort. No. Yeah, but there's sugar. So if you put sugar water with, or, if you put glasses of water with different sugar content, so like one teaspoon, two tables, two tablespoons, like you keep going up, the more sugar that's in the water, the greater the refraction will be. Yeah. So this instrument is uh, used to get your gravity rating. And what you do is you there's this little glass. Yeah, it's like a flip top. Um, it's not it's it's not made of glass uh, anymore. It's like a flip top, which is made out of plastic now, like clear plastic. The actual lens itself is glass, though. Yes, that's it. But you saying. don't flip up the glass. You flip up I know. You said you flip plastic. up the little plastic door, and then there's glass. Yes. Yes. Okay, continue. Well, you can continue. Okay. Okay. And one of the benefits of using a refractor meter... Well, you didn't say how you actually use it. Okay. You got to put... So... Well, there's many things to consider here. So 
you want it it's used for taking your original gravity readings or your gravity mm -hmm. readings in general to see if you've hit your final gravity your starting gravity which is used to estimate your percentage of alcohol content or abv of your beer and that's why it's used and basically what you'll do is you'll take your unfermented wort you'll take a drop or a couple drops of it you want to make sure that it's not boiling temperature you want to make sure it's just room temp so you can well some of these jams actually have an automatic temperature adjustment where it doesn't matter how hot it is fair point i do not have one of those <laughs> i went on amazon and got the 17 dollar version uh, yes i which, think the northern brewer one is like 60 dollars, and that one has it so. yeah so again it's either 17 dollars or you know 60 dollars, depending on whether you want to just have your wart sitting in a little dish or whatever yeah. so it gets to room temperature. So or you not. put the wart on. The drop on the lens, yep. You close it up, and you just want to make sure there's no bubbles in it, and it will spread over the glass. And then what you'll do is you'll look in the other end. You'll aim it towards the light because it needs light to, as Shannon mentioned, um, the reflection to make your reading go. And you'll see the scale in bricks, and then you'll see also your other regular gravity readings on the other side, depending on which refractor meter you get. Mm -hmm. That's how mine appears. And bricks is the units for the sugar content in a liquid solution, for those who don't know, and that's B-R-I-X. Hit the bricks. Yeah. Yeah, so like I was saying with the refraction, it changes depending on how much sugar is in the wort. Because as I said... The more sugar, the higher sugar content, the more refraction there will be. Yeah, it's, and it's expressed as degrees uh, bricks. You'll notice it'll have like the little degree sign on it. And it's basically just the number of grams of sucrose present uh, per 100 grams of your liquid. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, depending on how your refractometer is set up with the readings, you might have to do some calculations to get you the actual gravity. But I think yours, James, has it on it, right? So you don't have to do any calculations uh, for the original gravity? Yeah, so mine has uh, both. It'll have uh, your bricks percentage, and then it'll have your starting gravity wart um, reading like you would see in your hydrometer, like mm -hmm. the 1.045, 1.000 on the other side. So I just look at that side. I don't really typically use the bricks, percent, uh, degree bricks, just because I don't want to do any of those math, math. i don't want to do math. we all know that james doesn't like numbers, i hate math as he's already stated on this episode that he doesn't like numbers but if you happen to get a refractor meter that does not have both sides on it you can actually go online and there are bricks calculators that you can use that will just do the math for you yeah it's even on google so, so. it's it's super easy to do for the calculators mm -hmm. so you don't have to worry about that uh the real awesome so i never really used a refractor meter until probably this year I just was stuck with the standard hydrometer readings. And then once I got my tilt hydrometer, which is basically a floating uh, hydrometer that goes into your fermenter and it will just track fermentation that way. I just was using those two to kind of get my readings, but I would always trust the my actual hydrometer reading, mm -hmm. uh, which is basically just, it looks like a thermometer that you've, Put in a, you put your wart in a graduated cylinder, and then you just would put your in your what looks like a thermometer mm -hmm. and spin it around, and it will give you those numbers. 
So I typically would use that hydrometer. Uh, but recently, I've been using a refractometer as well because one of the real benefits of this is it only takes a couple drops of your wart mm -hmm. rather than, you know, 100 milliliters. Yep. Um, again, it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you're brewing smaller batches, like a two-gallon batch or even a five-gallon batch, every time you have to take one of those readings. So typically, I would take one reading to get my pre-boil mm -hmm. reading, and then I'd take another reading once it's in the fermenter before fermentation. And then I would take one to two more depending on if fermentation was completed to get my percent rough alcohol percentage. So there's, you know, 400 mils of your mm -hmm. five-gallon batch down the drain versus four drops. Yeah. So, And with the hydrometer, you also have to let the wort cool down before you can take the reading. So sometimes that, you know, it's just a downside. A lot faster to use the refractometer if you have one that adjusts the temperature for you. The other downside to it is that they are more expensive than hydrometers for the most part. You said you got yours on Amazon for $17, but you know, if you want to, there's a whole range of them out there. So yeah, I think mine's pretty well made. Um, I don't, haven't had any issues with it. The one thing that you're going to want to do I, that we didn't mention is make sure it's calibrated before you use it. Yes, and you sorry. can just calibrate it using uh, distilled water. So just take a couple droplets of your distilled water, mm -hmm. uh, put that on your the glass, close it up. And again, you'll just want that to be zero uh, before you start. Thank you, James, for adding that. I appreciate your knowledge. Yeah, you always got to calibrate your equipment. It's weird, <laughs> right? It's one of those things that most people forget, you know, even in and the, the tilt hydrometers, one of the biggest thing I've seen on forums is people don't calibrate it using distilled water or just water before mm -hmm. and make sure they it adjusts based on that and they just plop it in their fermenter. And then they're like, why is this way off from my actual reading? And it's because you need to calibrate your equipment, people. Yes, that is a good tip before you start. Always calibrate. So that is just the basics on refractometers. And as I said, we're going to be kind of focusing on different pieces of homebrewing equipment each week just to give you kind of a more for people who are getting into homebrewing and might not know what certain things are um, or just are into craft beer and want to know more about homebrewing and the equipment. We're just going to be kind of doing a little bit of a focus on certain pieces. So if you have a favorite piece of homebrewing equipment or you really want to learn more about one, let us know and we will talk about it on the show. Yeah, definitely. And if you have, for those more experienced homebrewers out there, that you have a piece of equipment that has been a game changer from when you started homebrewing mm -hmm. to your homebrewing adventures now, definitely uh, share that with us. And we'd be happy to share that with everybody else who's listening. And we are now almost in all 50 states in the United States. So thank you very much for listening, as That's well nice. as many international countries are listening to our podcast. Yes, thank you all. And that is our mix pack for today. And we're sorry you couldn't actually taste any of our beers today. So, but we hope that, uh, I don't know, mixed it up a little bit for you. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, be on the lookout for some of those future episodes that we talked about, as well as we are always looking for homebrewers who want to come on the show and share their story. So feel free to send us a message on Instagram if you're interested in that. And thank you guys again for supporting us, our independent, small podcast, uh, no sponsors, no ads. Uh, and you can support us by following our 
Instagram account um, at Double Hot Beat Podcast, tagging your friends who you think want to get into brewing or just love craft beer and might become home brewers. That's our goal here to try and get people that appreciate craft beer, home brewers, bring them together. Let's have a community. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. Tag them on your favorite posts on our Instagram. Yeah, we might have some giveaways coming up, so be on the lookout for that. Giveaways? Also, yeah. Ooh. More teasers. Watch out. I'm just a tease today. <laughs> also, if you could please rate and review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, that really helps us get new listeners and get our name out there, um, have it pop up on people's. You may also like suggestions from the platform, so please do that. And as always, thank you for listening. This has been, been Double, Double Hot Beat. Beat. Catch, Catch you on, on the, the Bruce side. side.